What's up, people? Thank you for joining us. It's me, Tony the Kid. I have Director RJ with me. Director RJ, say what's up. Hello, everybody. <laughs> now, welcome back. We missed you guys. We've been gone for about two weeks now. I haven't done no new shows or anything. We've been partying up for the last couple weeks. No lie. We have my brother's uh, uh, birthday party. Happy hit. birthday, Zach the Tech. That's Zach right. Mac. That's right. We had a good celebration there. We had some family come in from out of state. We had some big shindig. Had some uh, beanbag toss across. Oh, type of yeah. matches we went at it with each other. Director mm-hmm. RJ, we were we were enemies. Let's be yeah. honest. Well, okay. that's pretty much what happens on our podcast too. I uh-huh. mean, a lot of competition. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of male testosterone. You know, a lot of it over here. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our, our steroids are kicking. They're hard. raging. Son of <laughs> we <a> raging steroids. <laughs> <laughs> well, been been a lot. Been a while. We got some shows oh. developed. Of course, you guys. We are ready to get back to it. Get back on the grind. Now we are doing the rundown review. For the first time in a while, we're going to be talking about Dark Side of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Yet we have not really been discussing Dark Side of the Ring, but that does not mean we have not been watching the shows because no lie, these shows have been phenomenal thus far. And not just that, but the reason why we haven't really talked about Dark Side of the Ring is because we didn't get a season three until just now. Exactly. We've been waiting for this bad boy to appear. And we've been talking about it for yeah. like almost three, four months going into it. Like, who are they going to talk about? What are they going to be developing? All this type of stuff. And the weird part of it all is that the only ones I know about so far that they mentioned is, uh, of course, we know Brian Pillman. Correct. That was we, the main uh, one. That's one of the ones we know. I know Jake the Snake Roberts is going to be a, a big coming up soon. On him yes. and his family, correct. Uh, but the other ones, I wasn't, I wasn't too familiar with. The Ultimate Warrior oh, one. Ultimate Warrior. That's one. the other one. It was those three main ones. When they said those names, yeah. were like, okay, cool. When we got the inkling of the North Korea thing or some some bash Korea, whatever title they had it, I'm not yeah. too sure what title it was, but that's what they named it. And they also named the Nick Cage or something like that. And we're like. What the heck are these guys? What, what's yeah, going what, on with what's that? What's going on in Korea? Why, why do we have How, a collusion in Korea? Thank you. Why are we going to talk about that? Yeah. Why is it so important? Like, was it a good match that happened Ex- or something? Yeah, exactly. Like, what was the big spiel? Like, why couldn't you talk about a wrestler like you did before? So we were naming off wrestlers and thinking that they should have yeah, went right. a different direction. But I don't know. They actually did it. They did, they're setting it up pretty well. Setting it up I, thus far. I think because the people who are in charge of Dark Side of the Ring are the ones that, like, they look into... What's happened back in the day? Like you mm-hmm. have a story based on a thing called the airplane ride from hell, where I think like a lot of WWE wrestlers were like up in the sky, way up yeah. there. And even Brock Lesnar and uh, Mr. Perfect got into like a wrestling match in the sky. Got you. Nearly flying out of the plane. Wow. Like they were like so I close remember to that the story. door. Yeah. So you you know you want to know what really happened in these areas. Exactly. And I think these guys have been like trying to find stories for people like oh this might catch their attention you know? yeah like last uh last season season yeah. two right where uh we talked about um what's his name the guy who created his own cookies uh we were just talking about uh um, herb abrams yes herb abrams yes that's so that we're talking about we didn't about. know who he was at all heck no heck no but that dude was one crazy little midget no lie and he was already, they already said he was wasn't that very tall he was a small guy with a big ego trying to develop his own wrestling industry uvw if i'm not mistaken no uwf apologize UWF. uwf and he came out with the herb cookies herbie cookies that which i think to this day is pretty still famous if i'm not mistaken they're trying to 
cycle it back on the market. I think Mick wants to put it back on the market. Which I think he enjoyed that portion of it. Yeah. He was praising that during the show. So I feel like that that was something pretty cool that came out of it that we didn't know about for sure. No. But that dude was crazy doing hello cocaine like Scarface. He, he <laughs> ended up getting like, all these wrestlers you could imagine him having on yeah. his like, list. Big time. Yes. Uh, from, you know, you had uh, Terry Funk. You had, mm-hmm. no, I don't think you had Terry Funk. You had uh, Jimmy Snooker though. Jimmy Fly Snooker. That's true. And Mick Foley. And Foley's like, I finally got to wrestle my, you know, mm-hmm. my hero, my, the legend who. Especially his video. That's correct. That's so, pretty well. Now we're like, we're heading into a new season, like we said. We season had three. Brian Pillman. We yep. have uh, Collusion on North Korea. And we had Nick Gage. That's right. The three most recent ones we watched. Yeah. And then coming up is going to be The Ultimate Warrior. Now we won't be discussing that, even though it is already on air t- for us to watch. But. What we are planning on doing is doing a separate show, of course, about pertaining to what's been going on with Ultimate Warrior. We feel like there has been a lot of drama, been seen on TikTok, been seen on Instagram. They're doing some small videos or leaking videos about some of the issues that he's come across, stating his issues with Vance and the company and what they're doing behind their back. So we want to see both shows and have a different separate show about that and really kind of discuss that to the fullest. I feel like I think for both of us, that's going to be a big thing and it's going to be a lot to talk about between those two episodes. Yeah. So trust me, we are going to be discussing and chattering all over the place. That's true. That's true. So we're going to save those two for later. So let's get into it. Brian Pillman, part one and two, of course. Now, overall, Brian Pillman's story is pretty sad. I'll give you that. Um, you know, I feel like what you got out of it for sure, the feeling you got out of it was he he really cared about the kids. He did what he could. I think first of all was trying to get the money enough enough for his kids to be, you know, set up appropriately. As far as what he did for them and have the sacrifice, he did it. Mentally and physically, on point. But he was ahead of his time with his with his character, I guess you would say. One of the first to kind of set it off with. I'm not too sure if you feel that way. Actually, I believe he was. Um, if you look at the fact that when he came into the Attitude Era, yeah, the Attitude Era, when he already started, was then even at the peak where it was. Correct. So right imagine him, uh, like he pulled a pipe bomb before CM Punk ever did. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, oh, you know, you're the booker. Like he told, uh, what's his name, Kevin Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Hey, book, you know, something like, something about booker, like, and a booker, uh, for those who don't know what wrestling terms mean in booking, uh, we're not talking about booker T. Booker <laughs> is right. a guy who books the matches. matches. He writes down who's going to face who, who's going to, I think even he writes who's going to go over or he's just writing who's facing who. Correct. And then it's between them or, uh, him later on to say, okay, this would go over and that guy's going to go over. Right. Right. So for him to like step on and say something like that, he was already you know breaking that fourth wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's a lot of people were really kind of having issues at that time frame because of the because t- in wrestling industry at all when everyone talks about the fourth wall, that's an unwritten rule of the road of you don't break period at all when it, in the wrestling industry. It yeah. started off when it came with the click. Now it became an issue with Brian Pillman. He kind of used that. In his essence, to kind of up game his character, which was the second most craziest thing to do about the fourth wall at that time frame, when it was a very, when it was like um, I would say like uh, just a, 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 like a, a jewel 
that wasn't developed, uh, not developed, but wasn't found. They kind of hid the jewel, and all of a sudden now you're trying to shine out the jewel. That oh no, it's a sacred jewel. You don't do that. You can't do stuff like that. That's gonna ruin the f- the purpose of us being wrestlers. And it makes you think about one thing: is how smart was this man? Mm-hmm. Because here you thought, you know, all this time I thought Brian Pound was just some an regular, idiot. Yeah. I thought he was just a, a regular schmo. No lie, yeah. an upcoming wrestler, even. Not even the same lights of the British Bulldog type of status of like being a, a name character, but wasn't really on the high totem pole with the big guys. And even close to it. And then you start realizing how brilliant he was mm-hmm. with all these things that he was doing. And yep. you're like, damn, he actually, you know, if he would have played his cards right, where would him and Austin been? Exactly. Together or even at that against each other. Especially if he, you know, as we'll go on, figure out what happened to him. Right. If that wouldn't have happened to him, his career would have been skyrocketing up to crazy top, you know? I would agree, so. And the Definitely. only one that kind of, like, gives me a good vibe of uh, Brian Pullman, other than his son, mm-hmm. is John Moxley. Yeah, definitely. Kind of, like, reminds me of him. A little bit, yes. I think it's kind of like the mirror. I think John Moxley mirrored his career in the sense of how he would want to wrestle one, energy-wise, even on the mic. Similar to that. So, I, I kind of see that part. So, yeah, I agree with you on that one. Now, I guess origins from this Brian Pillman guy, which I did not know, was the fact that he became he was in the Heart Dungeon. Did not know he came from the Heart Dungeon at all. And you know what's It's secret stuff. Yeah. Okay. When I saw him show up in the Heart Foundation. Yeah. You know, he joined the Heart Foundation. Yes, that? that little part. Right. I'm like, why is this guy in the Thank Heart you. Foundation? Yes. He's like, what type of... What uh, connection, connection is it? Yeah. And now you're like, when you're watching it, you're like, oh. oh. <laughs> it's so, exactly, sense. exactly what I thought too. Because I'm like, it, I remember watching the freaking Monday Night Wars. Then he became part of the Heart Foundation. Again, the whole storyline against Stone Cold. Um, and then you're like, why the heck is this one guy part of this like group who we knew were brothers and stepbrothers with our brother-in-laws and, and brother-in-law like this is a family type of um a, a stable yeah yeah basically and the fact that they're a family they got this one guy whatever like, like a friend just thank you just tagging along and, yeah there. I, I mean it makes sense like us you know we would have the rejects right and our group the more the ones that are actually related is me you alex we're one side is related, and then you know you have G Money, his yeah. brother Mike, his cousin Lito. Yep. You know you have all that group, and then you have JB and Mark. So you yes, have, right. and then you had Dennis on his own. Rest in peace, Dennis. Rest in peace, brother. That's right. But you know, and then we had Zach. You know, you and exactly Zach came in, and SG three being my nephew Jesse. Right. Jesse's like another one that is not related to anybody. anybody. At all. He's like him and Dennis are the ones that had that Brian Pillman effect. That they're not related to anyone. <laughs> But they were they're there. In the group. Yeah, exactly. They're they in the group. were like <laughs> Paco. You know, Paco's a little like halfway in the. So, yeah, yeah, I but, agree with that. He's but, in there, and that's how we're looking at it. Like this is Pillman. He isn't related to them, but in a way, for being you know being part of that uh, growing up in, in the, the dungeon, dungeon. Yes, right. They made you family. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Made you part of one of them in that aspect. Yeah. And it was actually very interesting to see. I, it was just interesting to kind of know about that guy, about that aspect of him. And then not know he came from the Heart Foundation, which no. in lights of when you see his highlights in the wrestling that he did, the style that he perfect, that perfected was similar to a Heart Foundation type, type of teaching. Like yeah, on the ropes, you were very technical when it came to your bumps, your high flying moves. You were 
protecting the wrestler, doing something to you too as well, more so than letting him do the move and just like laying flat or whatever. Like if they would have jumped on the rope, off the rope and hit you, you're trying to catch him and also pretend to act like you're knocked out too as well. Because your safety as well as the wrestler hitting you safety. Your opponent. And you think about everyone who's ever come from a Harpoon uh, dungeon. You're thinking about Benoit. Right. You're thinking about Edge. Yeah. I think and Christian. I'm not mm-hmm. too sure, but I believe they both went to the dungeon. Christian, I believe, did too as well. Yeah, yeah I know for sure. And then uh, you got Chris Jericho, Y2J. Jericho went to it. Mm-hmm. Then so, you had Lance Storm, I think, also I the, in, that, in, Can- in Canada. I'm not sure about Dean Malenko. I'm trying to figure out if he went to the dungeon or not. But imagine all these guys that have been in that dungeon. Correct. If you ever watch them wrestle, it's ever hard to believe that they have ever injured anyone in the ring. They never. You no. never heard an incident of them hurting someone else no. at all. And they still put on some amazing matches. Crazy matches. Like, most technical matches you could ever see. Freak, yeah. And now, like, I didn't know much about Brian Pillman because I ain't watching Russell much in WWE. Mm-mm. I mean, you know that? It was a very small in WWE because that's, yeah. we found out watching this show, that's at the time frame where he hurt his leg. Yeah. So no wonder you didn't see very much, much matches in WWF because once he got onto that platform, he couldn't do nothing. He was already broken down. Mm-hmm. His mouth. Got him that contract. He was kind of like the manager of the Heart Foundation. Yeah, way. you could say so. I think that probably would have stuck better if and they would have kept of... it that way. If especially you, since at that time frame you were trying to flip Bret Hart into being the rival or the bad guy of the company now, because being the heartthrob and the good guy was kind of done and over with. They wanted a bad guy. They wanted an anti-hero, which why they're in in that aspect of. Following the lights of Stone Cold, being the the anti hero bad guy, I'm gonna go against you type of boss. Have that attitude. Yeah, you could have kept Brian Pillman as the mouth. You would have been perfect. He would have been the Paul Heyman to their to that Brock Lesnar type of status. And so, even I mean, Bret Hart could talk. I yes, like, Owen Hart could definitely talk. Right, but uh, Bulldog would have been somebody who you would have used like, a Pillman. Yeah, Pillman or even before. Jim Neidhart. I mean, Jim Neidhart. Mm-hmm. I mean, Neidhart could talk and all, and Bulldog could too. Yeah. An attitude era time, I think Pillman would have been perfect to be like, you know, let me step in. I am the representative of the Heart Foundation. I would have loved, that would have been a smart idea for him to start off with the conversations and in, in like introducing them, kind of talking about it. And then you get there, let them turn into the stone, like stone cold. I'm not talking type. I'm just standing there, look with a, with a mean look at everybody like I'm a bar, like I'm a hitman. Basically, yeah. I'm a freaking hitman to the crew. And like you talk to like once I start talking, it's going to be some serious business. So then all of a sudden, Brian Pillman gets into his rant. Then they got to calm down, calm him down. They take the mic from him. And then they start talking. It would have made a business. It would have made business. Oh, nice. Oh, so exciting. So exciting. Love talking about stuff like that. It's great. So now, now we get into the conversation of baby mama drama. Watching the show. Watching this show, you saw that um, he got married. I believe it was he did get married first. With his uh, high school sweetheart, I think. Yes, got a child. If I'm not mistaken, had one. I think he had two. Without, yes, that's correct. Two daughters. Two daughters. Two daughters. And then from there, obviously, he's on the road a lot. He does his things like every other wrestler. You find another woman that you see. Think she, if, if I'm not mistaken, she was a nitro girl. No, she wasn't. She was she not. Was a, or she was a manager. Professional dancer. Oh, yeah. But not like there you go. a professional dancer. Right, right, she right. She was a, you know, a club dancer. There you go. Professional club dancer. That's correct. That's correct. Sorry about that. 
Um, and then he just fell in love with her, I guess, by the look. You know, you look at a girl, you're so astonished, and you're like, oh, my Lord, she's so well, pretty. I mean, if you look at the, like, when she looked young, I mean, now she doesn't look the way she did, but as uh, the younger She looked was trash so- now. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say it, but Tony Kidd has to say it. That girl looked like she got walked on by millions of millions of people. And Period. Oof. I think Oof. because, and I ain't, uh, you know, I'm not so trying to throw anything at her. Yeah. I think the reason why she doesn't look the way, like, you know, when she was young, she was, like, gorgeous, Beep. beautiful, Beep. and everything. Mm-hmm. But I think just the drug effect on somebody. Like, if you look at uh, the next guy we're going to talk about, even <clears> his <throat> girlfriend. Yeah. You look at a picture of when she was young. Right. As she aged, I think. You know, when she's been doing all these different drugs, mm-hmm. or probably she didn't and don't want to oh, yeah. throw it. No, no, no. She talked about it in the oh, show. Okay. I agree. Yeah, so she talked about it for sure. things kind of affect you hard, I believe. They yeah. affect your looks. I Definitely. Think. Affect your looks, especially for sure. When you're on drugs itself in general, it does affect your skin, your body, your mental state, period. And once you add, add that, but also adding the level of stress that comes through, the level of fear and everything is a pressure to your body. You can tell when someone is stressed out and tired and everything. Your body tells you because your your baggage starts coming in from your eyes. Your skin gets di- dried out. It gets loose. And it's like then you know, you can notice and tell right then and there. And so that's where you kind of get it for sure from I her. I feel like Pillman's uh, first wife, if she would have not had, you know, yeah. like died the way she did. Correct. Imagine what she would have looked like now. Mm-hmm. She would have still been like a beauty to look at. I think so. I think so too. Right? I think she would really be she's more happy with herself when right. it comes to where she's at, knowing that I'm glad that I wasn't down that path with Pillman. And also now I'm on the path of I grew up with my daughters. I began to raise with my daughters and love them. If she would have found a husband, I'm pretty sure it would have been somebody who would have treated her 10 times as better. Yeah. Just in general. You know what I mean? And I think that's one thing where you also get the conversation when it comes to the kids not appreciating or not liking the stepmom. You basically said the the second wife. At first, like they said, you know, when they first, when Kremlin was in the picture. Yeah. Well, of course, the stepmom was like, you know, hey, you know, you know, I'm a good mom. You know, trying to, yeah. And then when Pillman died, it's like, okay, all the money's not mine, right? Y'all getting nothing, right? And then she started dating these guys that were like dirtbags in a way. True. So imagine now you're growing up, kind of like in a Cinderella picture, where mm-hmm. your stepmom is yes. the evil stepmom. That's correct. And the two girls are like, I can't wait to get out of here. Yeah. And it sucks because you can hear from, I don't know, I'm not too sure if she was the oldest daughter that was doing a lot of the talking. I think it was. It was the oldest daughter? So I think okay. she was like blonde one that looked kind of like her mom. Yeah, dirty blonde. Dirty yeah. blonde. Now, I remember her... She, you can honestly tell, and she says it in the conversation when she did her interview, so that she does not like her, the second wife. She does not appreciate her. She thinks that she's the she's the cause of her original, the first wife's mom, the mo- the mother, her mom, her mom in general, uh, killed herself. Yeah, and that's that's kind of sad. I mean, that's sad and bad at the same time that you have to acknowledge that, but also have to kind of carry that knowing of anger towards her in that way, like. She's she's the evil of all evil. I don't want to have nothing to do with her. Leave and me the alone. The worst part is like that lady. She took pretty much everything that these girls were yeah. like. You know, tell me worked so hard for these girls. True. For that lady to Fact. take it and all that. And the lady's like, you know, I don't have regrets for what I did and all that. And it's like, and your I'm, apology wasn't sincere. Like no, you're looking down not- and like, like I mean, you can tell that she's she 
she's sad that it happened. She feels bad and she feels the pain. You can see the pain in her, but the remorse of her apology in it and the remorse of where the path took her. No, I, you can tell you see she's not sincere in that. No, so, yeah, go ahead. because she, you know, she got a lot off of it. A lot. She got a good house. She mm-hmm. had money. She had everything, you know, Pretty all much just taken care of. Dropping on her. Yep. And all she had to do is just manage. Yeah. Just manage. Everything else, everything else was somewhat situated for her in the sense of at least I got enough to take care of my daughters for some of my years. I can build up on what I need to work for as far as me having a job myself. And it's now you're just building the money coming in for yourself for future reference. Once that money goes away or when you're low on running out, at least you got more coming in. Like you got something yeah. coming. It sucks. It just sucks. It was very, it was very sad. Very sad. But I guess in the midst of all that, you appreciated his sister. Pillman's older sister, which was Pillman. I forgot. I don't know if it was more than one child in his I family. They had more than one. I'm not too sure. Because I, I know I for sure the older sister. Too. Yeah. In general. I think she was either, I think she was the oldest. And she really cared for Pillman, which is pretty cool. I mean, that's good. That's a good relationship that you have with a, with a sibling in general. But and for her to take like, over. You know, she took over his kids and everything. She raised the kids. Exactly. Put them in school and everything. It's like, right. It's like their second mom. What yeah. like you would basically say their second mom. The mm-hmm. second mom. And it's like their appreciation towards her is a lot. And I feel like even Pillman owes a lot to her. And I know she's even saddened by where Pillman's at. Like you can kind of tell the pain in her, like she wishes he would still be here. I think she thinks that if I if he would be alive, he would be proud of what's going on with like the kids. If that accident never happened, imagine what Pillman would have been. Like mm-hmm. we just said now. Uh, his attitude, the fact that he would have probably even started off as just a talking piece for mm. the Heart Foundation, mm-hmm. he would have been like one of the things that Austin would have to like conquer Overcome. just to get to like WrestleMania 14. Like, exactly. So imagine if them two would have been the last two at the Royal Rumble, right? And Austin had to eliminate Pillman right. just to face Shawn Michaels. At That's right. That, that would have been epic. That would have been the way to do it. You know? Yes, very epic. Now let's see. Oh, okay. Melanie is the second mom. Sorry about that, guys. So the second wife of Pillman's, her name is Melanie. We discussed that in the show. Brittany is the oldest daughter about from the original marriage, from the first marriage of Brian Pillman. She's the oldest daughter. She's the one that blames Melanie, of course, of what's been going on with the murder. Or, I'm sorry, suicide. Suicide, suicide of, of her mom. Of her mother. That's right. And then Kevin Sullivan. Okay. I wanted to talk about that, actually, with you, Director RJ. I don't know if you knew or not, but Brian crosses path with Kevin Sullivan. Now, if you guys heard us discuss the Chris Benoit series, we believe Kevin Sullivan has something to do with that incident. For some odd reason. Of and all the people and suspects, I think he's a very number one suspect. Apparently, they said that when he and when Benoit started dating Nancy, mm-hmm. that Sullivan actually did threaten them, saying, you know, you're going to regret this. Mm-hmm. And Sullivan, you know, he has such high ranks up in a society that we don't know about. We had exact, but we didn't know about. Yeah. Until you start watching the series and until you start listening to these other wrestlers discuss certain aspects of it, yes. He's high on the totem pole there. Not that many people ever talk about Sullivan. At all. No, they don't. It's the same thing as you do when it comes to like, like a, like a, um, what's that one gentleman that passed away? Phil, uh, I'm not Emery. Damn it. Go ahead. Keep discussing. I'll figure out the name. Go ahead. But yes. So, if you think about Sullivan being mentioned a lot, Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's never in a highlight. Mm-hmm. Everything is mentioned is because something suspicious has happened. Mm-hmm. And it always leads to, no, he couldn't have done this himself. Right. And I think that's what happened with Cohen, too. Mm-hmm. So now we're back to the Ben Wall story. Uh, that has so many, like, how would you say, curbs yes. on the street when yes. you're driving. You're like, there's so many, like, turns that you could take, and it doesn't, you know. At all, properly. Uh. At all. Like, there's something where you got to question at that, like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. How are you going to just bypass and not question that the text message, the the freaking, the way he was found? Like, some of that stuff doesn't add up, man. And the fact that they hid the fact that he had, like, Benoit had bruises on him. Now he doesn't. Yeah, right? Like, where did that come from? Benoit was hanged. Now he's not hanging. He's tied to his own weight thing, you know? Yeah. Like, what is that? It doesn't... That doesn't add up to me. It doesn't compute. It does not compute. And me being the type of person to to speculate and ask questions, that's a big question I would be asking. And it's... if. Be like, be wonders me on why people don't see it. Like, what? Why are you well, ignoring the question? Why are you ignoring that aspect? Um, how do I put it? <laughs> it's it's difficult. It's very difficult. It kind of is. It's like saying, <laughs> okay, it's like discussing the like if somebody doesn't want to. Um, damn, how do I put it? Uh huh. Yeah, you see what I mean? It's hard. They don't want to admit it. There you go. There you go. Admit it. They don't want to admit it. Because they want to keep it the way it is now because probably they feel like if they go out there trying to find, you know, that diamond in the rock, they try to go find what really happened. Yes. You don't know how deep you could go in there. There you go. And what could happen. There you go. That's the one. You don't know. You don't know what can really happen. Dang it, John. The problem I... is, is what if you're right or what if you're wrong? You know, if somebody's out here saying Solomon did it, you know, all this leads back to him. Yes. And then next thing you know, later on in the future, as you finally, like, you know, if you start discovering it out one day in, in your life, you find out, no, you know, it wasn't him. Found the, found the name. Jeffrey Epstein. There you go. The, he's Jeffrey Epstein. Okay. I feel like uh, Kevin Sullivan, in my in my eyes, is kind of like a Jeffrey Epstein. Where Jeffrey Epstein's story is, he's he was this all of a sudden a billionaire, millionaire that came up, then cooperated with himself with a bunch of these celebrities and this, this, and this. And all of a sudden, you start noticing these women are becoming sex trafficking. So then you start asking all these questions about these uh, allegations of young girls saying that he raped her, da da da. Now all of a sudden his name comes into place. But when you found out about him, he was very on the look, like his name wasn't said. He was like a ghost, but yet he was on the total pole with the rest of the gentlemen that's around the room. Like, why are you high up? Why are you with these high up guys? That's not like the Kennedys' uh, murder. Ah, there you go. Mm-hmm. So if you even go back to that time, you know, mm-hmm. you have. Connections to the mob. Yeah. Everybody who had, I mean, from Oswald himself. Yep. Who killed Kennedy mm-hmm. to the guy who killed Oswald, they had connections to the Just, mob. There you go. And it's, it's like crazy connections. And so, oh, you yeah. can't, you know, no matter how hard you try to look for it, nobody's mm-hmm. going to, is that code of silence. No one's ever going to talk. That's true. Someone's so, going to say something. Solomon, you know, if he did it, he got exactly what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Benoit looks like a bag in the eyes of everybody. Everybody. Except for those who 
read the like read the description of what really happened that they mm-hmm. they look at the text message mm-hmm. on how the text message was sent mm-hmm. Saturday night, I believe, yep. and the bodies were pronounced dead Saturday morning. Yes. When like the doctor's like, all these bodies were all dead by Saturday morning. So, so how the how? hell did a text message come out? Yeah. How? And that's why I'm like, okay, did he have it on like automatic reach to this guy this time or what? You know. But even at then, but even then, at that time frame, the 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 advance of text messaging. Now you can schedule a text message stating, "I'm gonna type it up. I want this text message to come out tomorrow morning at whatever such such time." You could do that now, but back then. That was not yet created. We had those flip phones at that point doing all that stuff. And then the other part. So no way. What would a message be? Like, what would it mean for him to say the dogs are outside? Exactly. Why is he telling him about his dogs? Like, For what? Is he saying, hey, you know, I took the dogs out for a walk. I would understand. Or, hey, I left the dogs outside. But what is the whole purpose of, oh, the dogs are outside? And even Chavo, it doesn't compute to that. He doesn't no. understand the reasoning behind that message because it's like it had nothing to do with any of their regular conversations. And at that, they they weren't really on the on the conversational aspect of being first name, not first name basis, but first person basis. Like you're my first person, I'm gonna reach out to or type of thing like that. They weren't like that. They were cool, and especially after Eddie passed, it wasn't really. That closeness neither. He would have been more closer to Dean. He would have been more closer to Saturn. Yeah. Perry Saturn. Dean. So it's like, like you, it's kind of confusing. Very confusing. So that's what befuffles him. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It's just crazy. So for me, when they said Brian crosses path with Kevin Sullivan, I don't know. It just throws me off of. Especially that car accident they had because he's like, I don't remember it. Thank you. That's where I was going with that. The freaking car accident. How the heck did that happen? They didn't even, they didn't even know. He was like high on drugs or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. He's like, he didn't. I believe they said that he wasn't even aware that he took that money. Thank you. So he's driving his car and I think he crashes into a tree. Mm-hmm. Or and some sort like that. I forgot what it was too. I don't know if it was a tree. Or he hit the ditch and that's how he fell out or something like that. But I don't think it was the car flipped. Is of course his face had reconstructionary. Right, right. But what I can't figure out about this whole car crash, how does your leg end up in bad condition? Mm-hmm. If you go out of a car crash, you're you go going ahead first. Your car didn't get crushed in or anything. Mm-hmm. I believe. I think it wasn't that badly crushed at all. Correct. So if you're going head first into anything, or if you're like just hitting anything, your leg's not gonna be that damaged to the point where it looked like if someone really beat it down that bad. And at that, like just how on where the leg is and where the damage of the leg. It's not like if it's a triple trickle effect where it started from the hip, then all of a sudden like a breakage or da da da. It was a certain aspect of the leg where you would say it's what, the calf area, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. close to the foot. That was all of that one whole piece. The big, most most important piece of your leg of being operational. And who knows, like, who would know what to take out of your body <laughs> other than someone who's been in the business for just such a long time? Aha! Uh-huh. Who? Who? The yeah. Kevin fucking Sullivan. Who the fuck? I swear to God. Oh! 
I want to know who the hell this guy is. I want to know where uh, he at now. But okay, that, wait, let's. I don't want to get too into. Thank it you. I don't want nothing to happen. To that, us. Exactly. I ain't trying to get no cars right now. I ain't trying to. You know. Because what if somebody from those people are listening to it? Thank you. you. Know, and they'll be like, "Oh, okay. Oh. These guys are really just <laughs> jumping into this right now." But no, it's just it makes you think. You know, yes, like, I agree. When this guy is named anywhere at all, mm-hmm. bad things happen. Mm-hmm. It's like, thank you, thank you. And that's the thing. We're just trying to figure out why these bad things happen when this guy is mentioned. And he was only mentioned in that time frame. He was yeah. never mentioned after nor before. No, because Kevin Sullivan had nothing to do with WWE. At all. He's WCW. Yes. So it's very confusing on why that his name was. So, yeah, it just I think that's where we got to get into of just understanding. It's it's a very it's just it's this what we we're just talking about a second ago. It's the question why no one's asking that time frame. Why are you involved? Whoa, what happened after? And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. It's very interesting. I think because it's kind of like Kevin Sullivan's kind of like has that mafia effect. You think? You I think so want, too. You don't want people going too deep into it because <laughs> yeah. you don't know where you're going to end up. <laughs> Every wrestler out there, if oh you my think of it, Jericho, Jericho's not talking about it. No, he's not! But he has, like, how is he going to do a show about Benoit? Uh-huh. And then if you look at everyone who's in that show, they're talking good about Benoit. There you go. Uh-huh. They're not saying Benoit, you know, he was a monster and all that until the end when he finally, when all that happened. Correct. And even at that, you know, like. Even the sister-in-law was talking the exact same way. Ups, like, praising him as a person. As a person who loves his sister. Who loves his wife. Exactly. And then all of a sudden she clicks in like, oh, you killed but my wait, sister. you know, you, you killed my sister. You know, exactly. I had to hate you. There you go. You had, you have to. It's not that she wants to. She doesn't want to. But so it's the fact that she has she showed, she put pictures up mm-hmm. on her page. I don't know if it was Twitter or where. Uh-huh. Where she's talking about how Benoit loves his kids. Oh, Lord. And there are pictures of Benoit with their kids, you know, with mm-hmm. his kids. Yeah. It's like, you know, well, okay, so Benoit, you know, and then they use the excuse. Oh, well, he had too many bumps in his head. That messed them up. Fuck I'm like, no, no it's no. not that. No. You can't tell the truth because, like Jack Nicholson said in the movie, we can't handle the truth. Can't handle exactly. You can't handle the truth. And it's because now, where you gonna? What's gonna happen now that people find out? Oh well, you know, he was murdered with his family. Yep. People are gonna feel like, okay, so why did you cover it? Vince? There you go. That's right. And Vince has been known to be such a sketchy guy from the from the fucking beginning. Jimmy Snuka's wife. Thank that shit's crazy. That thing happened. How and Vince the, played it off, and then his involvement of just trying to pay. Yeah, exactly. The payoff. That's where we did not know that came into play. But the fact no. that you had that meeting and the, the initial like, oh, it's okay, guys. We're just gonna go somewhere, and it's it's gonna go away. Learn about it, and it's like. Motherfucker, we, you know you paid somebody off, and that's why the conversation went away. Yeah. What came about it? It's crazy. It came from it. Thank you. Nothing. That's so it's it's no. it's just questions, you guys. It's just questions that a lot of people like us are willing to ask ourselves and each other. What's up with him? Why? Or what's your involvement? And why isn't no one else questioning this as either? Like it's just us. And there are people questioning it. Yeah, but it's very quiet. Yeah. Very quiet. And, of course, we got our stuff from somebody who posted it on his page. Mm-hmm. So we, we've we been following different pages of conspiracy mm-hmm. theories. But we're like, 
How which one's we, true? Yeah, which, which one's true? true and all that type of stuff and how right, how can what? How can what? Okay. How can you be showing us all these things that couldn't, you know, it really happened? You're showing us the details of everything. Yep. But, you know, the companies and everybody else is like, oh, that's not really what happened. Thank you. They don't want to talk and about it. And then they change it over and over again. Change the narrative. What, what could have happened with, you know, with uh, Marilyn Monroe when she died. Yep. They changed her death so many times. And Princess Diana's death. Princess Diana. Like, you know, so. they're changing the narrative in order to skew you away and say, eh, but da, 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 don't want to die question like that. Go, yeah, look, go, look, look at that guy. Look at that guy. He's high flying. And, you know, everything's sunshine. Everything's yeah. all butterflies. Everything's like, mm-hmm. you know, here, drink this soda. Yeah. Forget mm-hmm. about what happened here. You yeah. know? Oh, oh you look, will. we have another show happening hey, here. Take we this red another... pill. You're going to wake up in the morning yeah. and I remember nothing. <laughs> it's like freaking Matrix here, crap. Let's do the freaking men in black thing and blast you with that, whatever that thing is called. Memory loss for the one day thing or whatever time frame they want it for that is nuts john it's nuts that is nuts so i'm glad i put that in there remind myself to read that because yeah that that's something i wanted to discuss and kind of go over because i found that interesting now that you know dark side of the ring is doing these things are they going to be mentioning him so many times or are they going to be silenced that's very questionable because this these series have been very intense on these people's lives and their aspect, especially what was the was it Bruno, the one that so, the mafia hit? Uh, Dino Bravo. Dino Bravo. That was oh, a mafia hit. Him. There was another the, one, another mafia hit one of a guy who uh, he was in WCW. Yes. He had the look and everything. Yeah. Like Rick Martel. Big, big dude big too. Dude. Oh my god. And he was going to. He was rising up. He yes. had the ability to talk. He had people could hate him because of yes. how good of a bad guy he could play. I thought he was gonna look. I, if I would have like, kept seeing him, he would have looked awesome. I think he started hanging out with some Texas dude, like big mm-hmm. Texas or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then when he dies, the dude tells his mom, "Don't worry, it's done. You know, your son's death has already been collected." Yeah. Like, how you say that to the mom? And that's why the mom was like, was my son's death a murder? And that's why throughout the whole years this past of her looking for about him, she's always wondered that question. But why was it some some FBI agent or whatever came out of nowhere saying, it's okay. No, it wasn't none of that stuff happening back then. Like, mm-hmm. you were just saying that to ease her mind and let her be at peace so her she can stop asking the questions because you know if she keeps going yes. what's gonna happen to her thank you exactly and, and she's left alone now. then well you know she oh well she kind of overdosed herself but what was she doing she thank was not on drugs or anything she was looking for the son's thing so obviously you can't kill her off because or even accidentally doing that making it look because where the what's gonna look like yeah so, it's, oh, I just love these stories. These are very interesting stories. So, on to the next. Uh, Brian Pillman convincing Eric Bischoff to release him from the company in order for him to sign off on WWF. What I want to discuss was how smart move was that on Brian Pillman's aspect. I think he knew he was going nowhere in WWF. Right. His, his mindset, the way he was portraying himself. I think he started watching WWE because by that time Austin already did the like the Bret Hart match. I Correct. So Austin already was already building up his you know I'm the toughest SOB in the business persona. Mm-hmm. So I think Tony knew right now is a chance for me to jump over there because I can relate to that. Right. Agreed. So Tony stayed in WCW. Eric Bischoff was no like 
he might be a brilliant man, but I believe Eric Bischoff had no idea what to do with Pullman. Mm-hmm. He had Hogan. Hogan's not going to let Pullman go up. Because exactly. Pullman is not in the image of a champion that Hogan would want. That is correct. And so all you'd have had had would have been Pullman against DDP, Pullman against Sting. These would have been good matches. But, yes. You know, the belt would have never had stuck around Pullman that much. And even then, at that point, they weren't really putting title belts on smaller guys. Let's be honest. No. Back then, the smaller guy image was never a, a thing to the company. Mm. A smaller guy image, you're going to be the king of cruiserweights. You're going to be king of Intercontinental. You're going to be king of European TV. Uh, any tag team, you're going to be the king of those titles. When it comes to the heavyweight title, the world title for, a, for our Even company. Today. Exactly. Yes, you notice that a lot. You're going to be are, a big guy. Yeah. We want big guys. The only guys that are keeping like, the guys that are not big are AEW. Mm-hmm. I think Impact is the same way now. Correct. Where you have actual like really good wrestlers keeping that belt on themselves. Thank you. But WWE, Technical. WWE is always going to be that old, you know, the bigger man gets the belt. Thank you. he's the bigger man. He's the big, exactly. He's the bigger man. We want that guy. He yeah. has the look. He, he has, can market him. Thank, exactly. So it's, it's very interesting to why... Why they continued to overlook it. And I feel like at that point, for sure, Eric was definitely looking at it that way. He knew his mouth was good. His new, he knew his mouth was worth money. But his image itself, it's like, what can we do with you? You, you, you can pump on a bunch of muscle. You're still not going to, you're not six feet seven. You're not 320 pounds bulk of muscle. You're not out there stunning people like Austin is. You're not that guy for me. No. At all, period. So I, I can't do nothing for you. So, go ahead. And you know why I think he didn't want to be let that guy be the, you know what he is? Yeah. Because Eric Bischoff knew he let Austin go. Yeah. That was so a bad move on his Bischoff end. Bischoff let Austin go. Austin becomes the biggest name in mm-hmm. wrestling after Hogan. You know? That's correct. So now, Austin is an image that Pillman has in WCW, if Bischoff yep. would have tried to do anything with with Pillman, yeah. they would have said, you're just copying what WWE does. Exactly. Especially his image of Stone Cold when it came to the mic. Yeah. Um, being able to trash talk everybody. Go against the company. Oh, we got another image of Stone Cold. Like, they had the look with Goldberg of saying, oh, there's your version of Stone Cold. Now, here's ours. But here's the guy who's not good on the mic. Here's the guy just more muscle and da da da. And he didn't, you know, the Goldberg thing was just he didn't talk, just went out there, did his Chase business. Ass. That's it. And you know, you built them up. Bishop was smart about that. Yeah, he I agree. That was up. one good creative thing yeah. that he did. Of building him up without him losing it all for yeah. like a hundred and twenty times. 70, was it seventy? I believe something like that. Yeah, it was close to two hundred. Number. Yeah. It was, like, it was right in the middle between the 150 to 200. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah, I you're think right. he played it wrong because if I was WCW... Never done that. At 100, Stupid. I would have had um, Goldberg win the belt at 100. Thank you. Yeah, at 100. Would, yeah. But at that, the way he lost and how he lost for that... Oh, that was Nash's booking. That was stupid. That was actually Kevin Nash himself. He admitted he chose that, that he chose for him to be... That's an idiot way But, you know... When you look at it now, that was idiot. But at that point, no lie, in my mind, I thought that was the smartest way you could have made him lose. Because, like, you got this big behemoth of a guy, of a wrestler, that how are you going to be able to beat him? How? Like, a wrestler itself at that point, everybody that went against him looked like little twigs. You were beating up, you picked up freaking Big Show. And, like, with ease and dropped him down. 
And this is the biggest guy of the company of the group. So it's like, okay, you're going to have a technical wrestler go against him? He can't last because if you got Goldberg looking like this big dude where any poke of a finger, I'm so strong, you're going to drop down like crazy. So it's like, what up? could you hit him with a chair? Possibly. Well, I think the man that showed up in that company that set up beating him, set up a little too late. Who? Brett Hart. Ah, he would have definitely hit him smart. Yeah, that's true. If you would have played it smart and waited for Bret Hart to appear. And it hit that little plate. That was a smart move on Bret Hart. I like that one where he's like, he spears him and he's just like. Wakes up. He's like, oh. He's like, hey, guys. (laughs) I'm Clint Eastwood. (laughs) That was dope. That was dope. That was smart. I think Bret Hart would have been the best, you know, option for you to like, if you wanted to make someone have a big impact when you arrive. Yeah. Bret Hart has been your impact guy. Especially at that point. I think yeah. that would have been a great story for Bret Hart to come on board to WCW. And see, I know how to beat him. Exactly. I'm going against the biggest guy, the boldest dude, the, the behemoth of the and company the dude. Why is because he might be the man, but I am still the best there is, the best there was, and the best there was. That's freaking right, man. I agree with you on that one. So, I guess you would say, Eric Bischoff, you're smart about letting Brian Pillman go, letting him go to WDF because... It was it was a good move, but it was also a good move on Brian Pillman when it came to letting his mouth earn his money. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I would have to. I love that aspect of it. What else we got? Big story being told. Uh, does it shed light on the overdosing of prescription pills? So when the story came out, of course, in general, obviously it tells the history of back then wrestlers just using prescription drugs, drugs in general. So I guess. Since this story is still coming out and it's, it's still a discussion when it comes to the overdose on drugs, was I'm assuming that that it either still is or a big time usage back then in the company of just not really caring at all. I think now people. they calm down about it because if you think of uh, if you look at it, um, you haven't really seen any wrestlers really go through very hard, painful moves. Besides Jeff Hardy's. Or, yeah. um, sorry to kind of put your name out there, Jeff, but I think you're the last wrestler that we've seen physically go through things emotionally outside the ring, and, inside the ring, and have issues. I mean, ends. like, Jeff Hardy's still part of that, like, classic attitude era. True, true. And Which those guys were going through so crazy matches. I mm-hmm. mean... If they're on pills, I would understand why. Exactly. I mean, look at McFoley falling off a cage. You would think one. he would be the one that would be on most of anything. But that dude hasn't taken none of that stuff. No, because that I think so he's so used to it already. Yeah. I, there's a, I, I believe there's people who could, like, they know their body tolerance. Threshold. Agreed. And, I'll, and like, you got Shane McMahon who's done it so many times more mm-hmm. than Foley. I mean, Foley's jumped off of it in two different occasions. Yeah. In the same night. Shane's like, you know, yeah, in the same night, twice. <laughs> yes, that's the crazy so, part, but agreed. And the second one was more, uh, okay, the first time, of course, it, was, it planned. wasn't uh, planned the first time he jumped off. Second time when Ticker chokes on them, that wasn't planned. At all. That was scary. Now, when he fought Triple H, of course, everything was cushioned for him. Yes. And then the fall into the ring was cushioned. Correct. So he knew, you know, he's in the land, he'll be okay. Right. But imagine uh, someone who's done it a lot of times too. Shaman Man has been up and down, freaking poles on yeah. the on the on the Titantron, going through the glass with Kurt Angle. I think it was the SummerSlam. Yeah, that wasn't supposed to happen at all. And the nope. fact that it broke, 
What didn't break the first time was the horrible part and the way he lands on his head. Like, those type of matches, yes. You can kind of agree why that guy probably could be on freaking prescription pill. But I think he's not. And I think that's why he took that long break from us. True. I think he took that long break so he could recover mentally. easily. Like, mentally and everything. And, yeah. You know, that's why I'm thinking is most of these wrestlers, a lot of them that passed away, like Warrior, he mm. was on some crazy Shawn thing. Michaels or, was, too. Shawn Michaels was on... Something. Mm-hmm. I think Sean was on coke, if I'm right. I'm not too sure. Cocaine. He was on cocaine, but also pain pills, too. He had pain prescription pills. pills, I think, right after oh, because of his fusion of his back. And he was getting prescribed. He was getting prescriptions. But, again, he was taking them to the point where he was just overdoing it. He was overdoing it. So, yeah. I think because sometimes you can't tolerate it. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I would understand why, like, you know, you have to ease up on your matches. Mm-hmm. And if you want your superstars to last for just oh. enough time for them to get that Hall of Fame. True. And be around like George, uh, not George, what's his name? Um, damn. Who? Legendary guy. No, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a big fan of his. Like Bruno Sarmentino. Okay, yeah. So okay, I get you. Look at him. You know, he hurt his neck, but I think he wasn't on pink clothes. He's just, he, you know, exercise. Uh, I mean, he would drink. I feel like yeah. he felt like I think he wasn't alcoholic, not an alcoholic to that extent, but he wasn't shy of it. He wasn't brand new to it at all whatsoever. But yes, you can kind of see his the way he treated his lifestyle outside the ring was more of a testament to his teach, like pretty much growing up, not really being physical. And I gotta be, I gotta take care of my body first and foremost, and everything. My responsibilities are my responsibilities. I gotta take care of that. So then, I see my, that. my question to you would be. Is it that some of these wrestlers are walking out too late? Are walking out too late? I would probably have to say so. I think like so. Some of them, you realize some of them really don't take a break at all. And, no. And I think, but that's just, the, and that's the hard part. And I think that's the evil side of the company, per yeah. se. Because when you got when you got traction and you got movement going forward as a wrestler, the company itself doesn't want to stop it. It's like a it's like a hit single when it comes to a rap artist or a, uh, a they singer. They keep playing it over and over Thank and you. over. Thank you. They have to overdo it, overdo it, overdo it. You go to tours. You go to live action tours and stuff like that. Like, you do all that stuff. You can, you hurry up and, and put you know your name out there. that getting tired of that same song Thank over you. and over again. Unless that singer felt like that song meant something to them. But mentally, you get physically drained from it. But even if you look at those singers, you ever realize when they do, like, karaoke songs uh-huh. or, like, you ever see them sing a different, like, Tune. when they're on concerts? Yeah. You ever realize they try to avoid their own songs? Mm-hmm. They start, like, oh, this is a John Lennon, you know? Thank you. Like, even like Linkin Park, I have a song that I listen to on the radio I'm in the car. Like, they, they took a nerve, uh, Nine Inch Nail song and started playing at their live concert. So it's like, yeah. you get these, you understand why. Because it's like, I'm tired, man. I want to do something new. Brand yeah, I want to show what I'm capable of. Thank you. Yes. And I think sometimes they just, that's the thing about some wrestlers is they need that break from mm-hmm. that constant lifestyle of, you know, wrestle here, wrestle there, yep. fight here, fight there. Yep. You're going to go to the table here. Yeah. So yeah, I think drugs did come to the picture, but I think they're starting to ease up on it. Just a bit. A little bit. Yeah, I think it, it's just... Well, I, I, I believe the big companies are. I think no. those backyard wrestling... <laughs> yeah, they got to use yeah. it. I feel like they got to use it just because of what they put their bodies through is nuts and crazy. So I, I guess I guess that's pretty much it. I think Brian... I think we're also jumping into Brian Jr.'s life. It kind of. I'm glad they kind of brought that up. And no lie, I like Brian Jr.'s look. I, mm-hmm. I, I like his look. 
as a wrestler. I think he's yeah. gonna have. I think he's gonna be phenomenal. He's using a lot of his dad stuff. Uh, AEW. Stone Cold when they're doing the little oh, faking the of the photography. Oh, I didn't know he did that in AEW. I was like, oh, you stole that from Stone Cold. Look at you. Okay, all right. And then he was like, oh wait, he was actually Stone Cold's partner was his dad. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, oh, even better. Like, what kind of crazy cool thing is that to say? Yeah. So another thing I'm, I'm thinking about is. Uh, I think Pillman didn't actually die of a drug overdose, right? Was it? Yeah, he drive. He died of a drug overdose. It oh, was. What? Yeah, because I think he was clean and he just died of a heart attack. No, it was Brian's story showed the trauma of these wrestlers having to deal with. I, I think it, it was overdose. Uh, yeah, because he died in. If I'm not mistaken, he passed away inside of a room. His hotel room. Yeah, and they had the he had the prescription. They had to pump it out. Wow. That was the sad part. So that's why I'm like, yeah, that was kind of rough. So that's what I mean. Like it kind of, it just sheds light on that. Like if you're gonna, you know, you're, if you're gonna be on this type of stuff like that, you you need somebody to keep an eye on you. Yeah, you really need honestly. A, and, and I guess it kind of brings it back to us talking about the Shawn Michaels thing. Like if it wasn't for Triple H and kind of being close to him, I you we probably wouldn't see Shawn Michaels right now at all whatsoever. No, not at all. I don't think so. I think he would have took him out right after WrestleMania 14. So I think if it wasn't, you gotta have that person or someone or some even at that more than one people, a group, uh, uh, just like just a, a healthy circle to kind of keep you out of that. And the truth is, not just keep you out of it, but don't leave you at all. They would yes. have to like stay around you, and not just one person. You need at True. least three or four to enforce it. Because exactly. When you have an addict, the addict will be willing to punch you just to do True. what he needs. Exactly. So if you have four or five people watching you at all times, they can't do nothing. Yeah. And you're, then you're forced to kind of oversee things and forced to kind of even at that look at yourself even more and say, "I could do it. I gotta get out of this." This you're right, totally right, and it has to come from. Different things to happen in order for you to kind of see that you got to change your life. Like it, it could be an instant of your child coming up giving you a hug. It could be you know your brother saying, "Bro, man, if it wasn't for you, I, you know, man, this yeah. this would be crazy." So it's it's some instances like that that kind of need to occur where you're like, "You're totally freaking right, man. I gotta get out of this crap." So I agree. It's all good. I think for Brian Pillman itself, I guess to end his story right now would be you know he he lived a cool life. He, he was on the top of the totem pole when it came to wrestling. He put himself there, not by his actions, but by his words, of all things, and which is crazy. You could tell one thing is that he was actually a good father. Exactly. So, so you could tell he was a good family man. And he looked, he looked for whatever he did. You kind of noticed for sure in the story, which I didn't know before, was the fact that he did it for his kids and for only his kids. It wasn't for the joy of himself because you noticed that he got tired of it. But he wanted his kids to be secure in life. Even after his passing. Yeah. And I think that's where it's at. That's kind of where you would want to leave it. But I'm glad that the kids are all back together. They're just, you know, being a family with themselves. They're, they're talking to Aunt. Brian Jr. is talking to Mom again, which is good. And I think Brian Pillman Jr. is going to have one hell of a career in wrestling. I think he's going to be in WWE soon. No lie. I think he's going to yeah. cross over. There might be a possibility, but... I think right now, if he's he stays in AEW, he'll probably build up to championship status. Exactly. Quicker. I yeah. think he'll stay there good. Especially, I think he has a good surrounding with Chris Jericho being there. You got Cody Rhodes being there. So, I think he, got, he has a lot of people there that are even looking Christian around. Is right now, Jim so, Ross. Yeah, Didn't yeah. even really know Jim Ross was really involved a lot in that yeah, story, too. Even Tony Schiavone. Like, a lot of those guys were mm-hmm. there. That's good. Okay. Moving along to the next Dark Side of the Ring episode. 
the ultra violence of Nick Cage, you guys. Now, Nick Cage obviously comes from the old school extreme wrestling, not AC ECW. It's not ECW. It's extreme to the point of deathmatch type of extreme. Now, this, if you ever um, like director RJ and I are old wise, sorry to say, but uh, when we used to go Blockbuster and we would look at the wrestling videos and then you see a video on the cassette cover of a guy being smashed in the head with glass and barbed wire as the outside ring, well, that's pretty much where he, this guy comes yeah. from. That's where he strives from. And I could say it was it's a one crazy, he's one crazy guy. No lie. He's a crazy, crazy SOB. I think that he might have, uh, and not like Johnny's down on him or anything, but mm-hmm. if you look at the way he acts, his talk and all that, mm-hmm. I think he's part of the group that has like that uh, learning disability type of feel. You can kind of get a good feel of that too as well. Yeah. I think so too. And not like, you know, I have a learning disability. As I do I. Agree I. It. So yeah. I feel like he grew up with that, you know, I'm going to be the wrestler that, you know, uh, I can't be WWE figure. Right. So I'm going to be this thing right here, and this is my, uh, you know, this is how I'm going to be a superstar. And I, he knows it. I think that's the good thing that he understood from a long time ago and understands that going forward, that's his notch. That I'm not going to be anything else but this style, period, and I'm going to strive to be the best at it. And the problem is that he, you know, uh, looking at him and his idealism and all that, mm-hmm. he still doesn't understand the body. Yeah, exactly. So, like, when he was hurt, like, when he got thrown into... Oh, my Lord. He wanted to keep going? He's like, no, the show has to go on. I'm like... Bro, you're about to die, man. You get up. You know, he's like, you know, to die in the ring would have been... Like, in his mind, I don't think he felt like he could have, you know... I feel like, in his mind, he's like, I could still go. Yep. When people are like, no, dude, you just cut an artery. That's exactly right. You got to get that fixed. Before you bleed so, to death yeah. in like five minutes. So in his mind, even when he's like, you know, when he stabbed David Arquette and yeah. he's on that, he's oh my like, God. oh, dude, I just stabbed him. But even then, I don't think that was a really intent aspect. I think that was more of a wrestling move that he was doing. But when David Arquette flipped and moved around fat, like quickly, if that's where the nick came from. That's why he's like, oh, no, you got to go, bro. Yeah. So it's like, it's, but yes, go ahead, continue. Sorry. So what I'm thinking of in my mind is this dude doesn't click. On, he knows how to be safe a little bit. Yeah. But he doesn't click on how, like, how to play it safe. Yeah, exactly. That, okay. I, don't, I don't know if that makes sense to anybody, but it's like, okay, I can be safe in the ring. I know how I'm going to fall out and right. all this stuff. But weapons I have in my hand, I keep forgetting that they are actual weapons. Right. And in my mind, it's like, oh, I'm going to jab you with this. Crazy. And then it's like, but I forget. You know, if I do this, I'm going to do time for yeah, doing this. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, dude, you just stabbed this guy. Thank you. It's not, yeah. <laughs> Cut it. You just got stabbed, you know, like, dude. Run. That match, you know, uh, I don't know how to put it, but that match is too much. Thank you. And it, they need, if you knew how to play it where point where uh, you could take it to... Like, let's say, don't go to that level where, right. you know, a death match doesn't mean someone has to die. It's just, no. death match means play it safe where people would say, oh, holy shit. Yeah. Can say, holy shit. That's crazy. Yeah. I agree with you. And it's, I feel like, it's, I honestly can say I'm not a fan of this style. 
at all whatsoever. No, I am I not was a fan. At it I was like, I can't really. You can't watch it. No, I can't sit there and physically see a match like that and see why certain people enjoy matches like that. It's not. I don't know. I feel like you're just basically watching a slow murder. In my eyes, I think that's more based because they like. You ever seen those action movies? Yeah. Okay, the gory types. The okay. gory types. Got you. Okay, now you have uh, horror movies. You have horror yeah. movies like Freddy Krueger, Jason, Michael Myers. They're simple. Slashers yeah, in general. Yeah, slash, but they're not over-the-top slashes. Got you. Yeah. And then you have those horror movies that are like more than just <laughs> gore. They're like... They're like hostile. Like, yeah. The centipede. Uh, and people, you know, you have people who watch those. Yeah. You have people watch these. Yeah. Those people that watch those. Yep. Don't come by me and watch these. No, I'm just kidding. We're going. No, I'm going to say they can't watch these because That's these true. are not, uh, how you say it? They're not their cup of tea. Yeah, exactly. Or their drink of, you know, their flavor of beer. There you go. Or or their flavor of coffee. Or, yeah. their, or their Kool-Aid. So, <laughs> Deathmatch wrestlers, they're going to be doing Deathmatch wrestling because they want to prove that, you know, that they could take the beating. Yeah. I can see that. But that they also is like, in my mind, I'm wondering if they think, how far can I go before I True. die? Right. And it's not, it's weird though. It's weird. It's weird that they have that type of thought, thought process. But I guess, I guess you could say you understand it to the aspect of, I know I'm not going to be up there in the lights of WWE and do those type of wrestling shows and be a technical wrestler like that. But I'm going to be a bomb ass wrestler that does this type of stuff. And if I'm good at it, I'm going to good at it. So, and in my mind, is like, you could still do, uh, you know, you don't have to be WWE. True. But you don't have to do death matches either. You could build up a wrestling ECW organization. like it was before and yeah. be intense. Yeah. Be intense. But if anything, you could always build up to those intense matches. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to have a daily death match every year. True. Day, you know? Yeah. You could build it up as if it was something phenomenal, like right. something nobody, people have been waiting for this match to happen. Exactly. Which I think Nick Cage was on was on the right track of doing that when he said when he was that that match that he got stabbed and got that artery that felt like he it was a good thought process of con- making that match happen because he was evolving that Japan wrestler, if German I'm, German wrestler. That who was also a, like an extreme exactly. wrestler over there on their end and saying basically we're the two main I'm here in the United States you're in Germany and now we're all of a sudden we're having a crazy match against each other going head to head like they have the idea of saying think bigger than what they're involving themselves with so that's good but again you see how fast of a move that ended the match it didn't even go on for no more than two minutes no. it was really one slice of move I'm throwing to the ropes and. Bro, you're already done for the rest of the night. That match is over with. Yeah. And the people came there to see you. So it's, you gotta, yes, I get you just talking about where, like, the safetiness of it, of saying, I mean, these matches aren't bad, but take it easy. Don't go too crazy. Like, you didn't yeah, have to like, involve the ropes being nothing but glass. Someone's gonna get fucking cut. And at that, and it proved it. It, it. Big time. And it, someone's gonna get cut someplace where they're not supposed to. So, yes. Great. People have. I mean, mm-hmm. we're not going to, like, I believe there's been people who have died in these matches. Yeah, I believe I'm so, I'm not going to say, I, you know, because I never watched them. I don't know. I don't know. But I have a feeling people have died of it. Yes, exactly. So, you know, I'm not, in my mind, it's like, dude. Um, Chill. You know, if you want to <laughs> do these matches, go ahead. You know, if that's right. what you feel comfortable with. Yeah. Right. 
but know your limits. Thank you. And know what the limits of other people have. Because right. if not, we're going to have more people in graves. Than anything. Than anything. Yeah, agreed. And then the things that we're watching from Daigai, like people that are dying from there, they're mm. dying in their 60s and 70s. Exactly. You know? You're dying barely in your 20s. Yeah. 30s. Early 20s, 30s, and even mm. near 40s. True. I don't even. So I'm like, dude, that's the thing is, yes, you will die. People say you're a legend. People probably visit your grave and all. True. But at the end, what did you accomplish Ex- other than that? Yeah, exactly. I that's- agree with you. I think this. Is, I think that's one thing. Like, I get, I get, I got sad a little bit when he when he talked about his brother passing, his older brother, and his mom too. Like, yeah, yeah. like real fast <clears throat> in the stage of his life, and I think that was really hard for sure. And why he kind of, I think that's why he really looked towards the wrestling as an like an escape. Um, there you go. Yes, that's what I was using. Uh, escape for him to kind of either ha- handle the pain, but also give pain out because he was so angry in general. Yeah. And you get that. And I think, um, I, I guess you can kind of, you get the sadness and get the understanding of what, what he's, what his mind is at when it comes to all that. But I'm glad he's at a stage where it's like, now I'm going to be doing this in their name more so than doing it because I'm upset at what happened to them. So I think that's the good part. Good. The good thought in his brain that's where he's focused at now now as far as him and his ex-girlfriend or his original girlfriend that lasted thus far if they're still together and i don't know like you can kind of tell she she even said herself that she was using drugs with him and everything and you get the aspect of i don't either the drugs really got her so bad where she's jittery every two seconds and you notice her movement her mannerisms it's something either she's on something or she's using or the, what she used before was so damaging. Yeah, I feel like both of them are actually getting off of it now. Yeah. And I mean, now that they're going into marijuana, I feel like that'd be a lot safer Yeah, to do stuff and to manage all this stuff. Yeah, I feel like that's what they're really <clears throat> not heading into. Like, yeah. The only thing is make sure you don't wrestle on marijuana. Thank you. Or on any type of drug. Yeah. Go, go, go take a hit of blunt right afterwards, please. Because yeah. that way at least you're... Ugh, all right, man. I'm good. My body's... Whew, a little tense, a little sore, but you know, it's helping me. It's good. Yeah. So it's it. I guess you could, like you said, it just eased the tension when it comes to you being in your mind of saying, "What the hell did I just put myself through?" Or the pain of the the agony that you're going with. So I don't know. I guess it's crazy, but I guess the cool thing, the cool two things we got out of it was John Moxley, pretty dope. I did not know they crossed paths. He almost got his mouth. Well, actually, almost he did get his mouth sliced with a pizza cutter. That's no, intense. That was uh, David Arquette. No, him too. No, really? in his mouth. Oh, John yeah, Moxley, yeah. when he I put it in his it. mouth, and he sliced across. I was like, ooh. Yeah. That's bad. Look, Joker status. No wonder he likes Joker. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, even David Arquette. David Arquette was the slice on the neck. Because yeah. he was had, like, I don't know if he had it in his head or something. Yeah, or yeah. No, he did uh, um, the pizza cutter, too, on him. Oh, gotcha. He, he did it to his mouth also. Yeah. Okay. But I think he didn't do it like... Intense like he did with freaking John Moxley. Moxley. Yeah, okay. He did yeah, it more in his forehead. he was trying forehead. to like... But I think in his forehead, he like over... Probably cut it a little bit. Yeah. So I think Derek Cat was just getting like panic. Yeah. Frustration. I agree. And I think Derek Cat forgot that he had like... In, in this... In general, you like I said before, you can't blame Nick for what happened because Arquette got a little too overreacting. Yeah. There you go. And he turned around to like try to tell this guy to and calm too down. too quickly at that. Yeah. Sandys did it, and guess what happened? So it's like, dude, you know. But for him to continue, that's the weird part of it all. 
Yeah, then it lasted more than barely two minutes afterwards yeah. because he's like, "All right, hurry, pin me, get me out of here. Let me finish the match. Let me get a, let me get up out of here, man, because I don't like how I'm cut." Yeah. So it get, you know, and it. I guess you'd say for David Arquette, for him trying to make a comeback into wrestling industry, he went to the wrong area. Wrong, definitely, definitely, he went to the wrong side. If he would have gone to AEW path, try to wrestle with those guys, I think he would have made a, It would have been more of a phenomenal comeback. Impact. I mean, if I was Arquette, I would there you go. go to Impact or AEW. Yeah. A place where they already have television access. True, true, and and, and a fan base at that. Yeah, televised fan base. So but, it makes sense. I, it made sense. TNA. I, I, I'm glad. You, I keep forgetting about TNA because it's not as popular as it used to be. Yeah, that's true. But it, that would have been a better place for him. So uh, I guess you can go with that uh, for this Nick Cage guy. Oh no, he's a. Uh, it was a good story, you guys. Definitely highly recommend to watch it for sure. It gets you to understand the extreme wrestling side of things, but also understand the general, the main guy of extreme wrestling, Nick Cage, of understanding his his role. Uh, it's not extreme. It's more like death wrestling. Deathmatch wrestling, yeah. Because yeah. mm. extreme would have been like what Foley did, where you know yeah. how to protect the guy with you. That's true. Okay, okay I get you. <laughs> so, yeah, he's the dub, the king of the deathmatch. So, yeah. You get to understand what and the hell the deathmatch is. If you like deathmatch, there's nothing, you know. I'm not saying bad. That's yeah. true. There's just, but like we said, it's not. It's just a, our, how do you say it? Our, uh, not our cup of tea. No. It's really not our cup of tea. But again, if it is yours, all, all credit to you. Like I said, you know, Nick Cage is. What, like, yeah. Cause, he's a know, phenomenal wrestler. Yeah. I think he, 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 like I said, he knew his role. He knew what he was going to be phenomenal at. And that's, that's his thing. That's his notch. All credit to you. It's just, I think for us being, if you want a wrestler to last long in the industry, the safetyness have to be acknowledged just because of, of either the pain that the person is going to be doing after the match, and but also if you're going to continue on further down the road, it, the pain is going to get worse. So be be aware of that. That's and that's all. why, like, if you look at the code <laughs> of you know professional wrestling, not yeah. that match, but pro, that we see the code is. Protect me, and I protect you. Exactly. Which, no lie, I think a lot of these New Day wrestlers are starting to suck at that. They are starting to suck, because that's why everyone's getting hurt now. And all of a sudden, during the whole main thing, everyone's all, you know, he's not going to be WrestleMania because, oh, I kicked him too hard. What the hell is wrong with you guys? Anyway, but yeah. So, uh, watch watch uh, the, the ultra-violence of Nick Cage. Uh, episode number three actually on on the schedule because part one and two took off With from Brian, Brian Pillman. Pillman. So number three is that one. So definitely watch out for that. That's pretty cool. Now to finish it off, the collision in Korea, which both director RJ and I had no idea this ever happened in wrestling industry. Uh. None. I did not know nothing about this. Did not know North Korea was involved in any type of wrestling standard because, like you said in the beginning of the show. North Korea is a, a freaking private island. We they they they're acknowledge they're just disconnected from the world. So it's really crazy how this went through. Really and went down with both America and Japan looking like enemies to them. Exactly, know? but then also them trying to force them to say, "Oh, I brought these flowers to you, and uh, I praise you." Oh. It's- I think because they wanted to, like, make it, you know, they had to give a reason why these guys are going to perform for Yeah. Them. And the weird part is, like, you know, Scorpio said when he got in, mm-hmm. can I even jump into that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. go ahead. So Scorpio jumps 
you know, he starts talking about how he arrives, mm-hmm. and he's looking at the TV, and he's like, all you get is just news channels and things about the, you know, the leader of Korea. Yeah. So, it's like, there's no, nothing about wrestling. There's no knowledge about wrestling. Right. So, it's like, okay, what are we doing here in yep. the first place mm-hmm. if you don't even know who we are? Mm-hmm. I think Koreans would have had more of a better understanding of uh, what was going on if they would have been watching wrestling for a while. That's true. And That's then true. they would have been like, oh, you know, it's Ric Flair. Oh, it's this guy. You know, right. they only knew Inoki. Yeah. And that, that not in a good reason either, though. No. Not in a good reason either. Because the fact that of the history between North Korea and Japan. And of them being that, rivals. Because the guy who trained Inoki was actually a Korean, Ex- a Korean or- in real life. Mm-hmm. Which is even nuts. Yeah. That was a story uh, it, within the story that made it more interesting. Like, what? And then to find out that the Japanese mafia killed the guy? Yeah, and that, the way he killed him? Yeah. Like, that was jacked up. So you feel like Inoki's showing up in North Korea. Uh-huh. You know, representing the Korean wrestler mm-hmm. for them, you know. That's it's true. Kind of like, it's your hero, in a way, coming in to do some, like, paying homage to... That's correct. ...the Korean wrestler. That's true. And I'm actually more shocked at the fact that they had Muhammad Ali. Now, I don't believe this was Muhammad Ali... Uh, Joe Frazier, uh, no, George Foreman, Muhammad this Ali. After, Ali, yeah, we years afterwards. This was Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali. Yeah, in that time frame. Like later, on. no, actually. not after. No, after, after. Past that yeah, too. Malcolm this X was during Ali. Uh, I think just probably months or years after he was diagnosed with Parkinson's. So right after WrestleMania, when he yeah. appeared in WrestleMania. Okay, WrestleMania was what like eighty five, and this is ninety five. So that's oh, ten, 10 years, years after. afterwards. Okay, gotcha. So imagine Ali has been part of two of the biggest events in wrestling. Yeah. WWE's WrestleMania, which had like a big amount of people. In the United States. show up in Korea, and that's double than any other event that's ever happened. You saw that? Yeah. And and it sucks that it's not part of the totem pole because of... Why not? Like, why is it about? Because Vince McMahon didn't do it. Oh, okay, gotcha. So it's not his bread and butter. Yeah. That's true. It's Eric Eric Bischoff, Bischoff, which is crazy that it's Eric Bischoff. He said, if you look it up, and, you know, he's like, if you look it up, I'm there, you know, that's me. Exactly. It's not even Bischoff. The funny part is that it wasn't Bischoff who did this. That's true. It's Antonio Inoki who did it. Yes, that developed everything that went towards Bischoff and said, hey, Vince ain't going to help me with nothing on this. Do you want to be involved? Can we get some of your wrestling guys in the United States to come over here with us? And it's like... I'll ask. I don't think Bischoff knew how far this thing was. Exactly. Well, he, he even said himself. He didn't know what the whole deal about North Korea wrestling. He didn't know about North Korea in general. All he knew that Japan didn't like him. And it was one of those type of scenarios where... What what got him into being intrigued by it was the fact that, hey, this is going to be an event that we're going to try to shed some light in the media and say we're going to unite the world type of aspect. And do you want to be involved? And for Eric Bischoff saying, man, who wouldn't want to be involved in combining and and re, re, uh, rekindling Japan and North Korea or even at that North Korea and the rest of the world? So why wouldn't I want to be involved in that? That's money down the road for me. So, but you know what else I think it is? Okay. There's one thing that I think Inoki could talk about that no one else could ever do. Mm-hmm. I closed the show in Korea. Mm-hmm. I just won over Ric Flair in Korea. Yeah. I had the biggest audience in Korea. 
Yeah. Can Hulk Hogan say that? <laughs> Hell no. No. Nope. Nope. Can Austin say that? Burr uh-huh. Hart, Shawn Michaels. And can Vince McMahon even say that? That's true. I think Inoki did that because he knew that, you know, he's New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yep. He is the big promoter in Japan. He's the it guy. Yeah. He's their Hulk Hogan. He's their type of standard over so there. So now, even it's, like, that, it's like Hulk Hogan, Vince Man combined into one. That's Anoki over there. And then Anoki just said, I'm about to do what Hogan can't do. Mm-hmm. I'm about to do what Vince McMahon will never do in his life. That is true. I'm about to wrestle in Korea. Mm-hmm. Knowing that I'm probably going to get, you know... Dead. dead. I'm going to get freaking my head I'm cut gonna, off if I step in, my foot on that island. Yes. And you realize the only guys that are talking bad about Korea were... Norton. Yeah. Norton. Uh, Scorpio. Yep. And Bishop. Not Bishop. even Actually, no. Scorpio really didn't talk bad about it. He was just more like, hey, man, I'm just going to wrestle and get some money. Yeah. Just don't do me bogus. That's all it is. That's his aspect. It was only Norton that he hated being there. Oh, and Ric Flair hated being there. Thank you. And Ric Flair hated and, being uh, there. But Paul. you didn't hear Ric Flair talk? Because Ric Flair is on the WWE. Contract? Yeah. Oh, so he can't say nothing. But oh, they're he, smart. They're yeah. smart for doing that. They cut Flair out of there. But, but you notice how he, Ric Flair doesn't really have a contract like that, per se. It was more or less of like a legend, like behind the scenes, I'm going to hire you for work or whatever. But you cannot go talking to any mm-hmm. other thing. So, okay, smart. But, yeah, go ahead. Very Continue. smart. So, now, imagine Flair is being, you know, of course, Ric Flair is Ric Flair. Is like, uh-huh. If you can't go to Hogan, Ric Flair is the next big thing out there, even though Flair has been the bigger thing before Hogan. True. So, now... You have Flair going into Korea. Mm-hmm. So Flair could even say that to Hogan and everybody else, you know. Mm-hmm. I wrestled in Korea. Mm-hmm. That's what uh, Too Cool Scorpio said. You know, he's like, there's one thing I could tell, two things I could tell, say to Hogan that, you know, I have over you. One, I wrestled over a bigger crowd than you'll ever wrestle in your life. Yep. And two, I wrestled in North Korea. Mm-hmm. So it's like, damn. Yeah, exactly. That's so now, true. You know, you have, uh, where was I going with all this? Because, <laughs> okay, so you have Inoki mm-hmm. doing this, knowing that, you know, one, he's paying homage to the guy who pretty much taught uh, him wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I think that was all of Inoki's ideal is I want to put on a match on the land that the man who taught me how to wrestle, mm-hmm. um, wrestle, never got to wrestle on. Yeah, that's true. And like pay homage to him. Yeah. And the people there kind of knew who trained Inoki, and they pretty much cheered him on in the match. Yeah. I like how they kind of brought the aspect of it was like a Rocky moment in Rocky Four, where it was like they where they're going in as, as basically Rocky, but they're, yeah, and they're coming out the fans loving Rocky type of standard. That's yeah. kind of how they entered, how they played the picture, which I agree, because when you listen to the match itself and as they're playing the highlights of it, you can tell the crowd wasn't really into it as much as a wrestling fan should actually be into it, like an oohs and ahs type of standard. But it's it was crazy. It was a good, I guess, show. That's that they fell in love at the end and everyone's like going buck crazy when Inoki won the title. Because Inoki had to it was more of a like Inoki against Ric Flair. So you have yeah. the Korean trained, you know, the Japan Japanese trained by Korean wrestler going right. against the American Benin. Yeah. Exactly. And Ric Flair was playing the bad guy to a T. So, you know, everyone was hating Ric Flair. Mm -hmm. And Flair could do it no matter how. Oh, for sure. He had that in the bag. He could have, I think he would have poked Noki in the eye during the match and stuff like that. The chops, he would have heard those chops everywhere. (sighs) That's crazy. So, you can imagine, like, 
Norton said, you know, it's one of the greatest matches that no one's ever seen. Exactly. Unless they have it on TV somewhere, I would sit there and like, oh, wow. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think Inoki would have had a phenomenal match like that if if Hulk Hogan would have joined. No. It's it's just the aspect of, yes, Hulk Hogan has the name. And I'm going to put out there, like, Hulk Hogan has the name. He has the look. But let's be honest. He's not a technical wrestler like that To mm-hmm. in the lights of a, a, a – if you want to put on a phenomenal wrestling match, that's not the guy you want to go with. If you want to have – just the crowd cheering and going berserk and the hot like more of the uh, more of the entertainment aspect, then yes, he's your guy. But a match to put on a physical match and a last thirty to an hour minutes, he's not the guy to look at. And it, Ric Flair is that guy to kind of create a match within the match and have a storyline within the match and just develop the crowd and the oohs, the ahs, the the. The the funniness and like boom and then drop yourself whatever the entertainment of it and all this is done without even promoting your match exactly can you imagine that mm-hmm. all of this no promos there's no build up to it right. it's just one Get big card go in fight each other right let the people decide who's the good guy and bad guy uh-huh. and just throw it out mm-hmm. and it was a good it was a good setup which was a crazy now we're gonna turn it into a crazy ass thing. Because this story had a story within the story. So. Yeah, so many stories within the story. Thank you, man. right? You yeah. had the whole Eric Bischoff story where I'm running down freaking the whole. He's running out at night. And they're running from him like he feels a guy with a knife. Yeah. Like he, like he was a terrorist and he's just running down the whole street and everybody's running away like he's a terrorist. Like That's because they portrayed the American people to look evil, you know? Yeah. So imagine if this guy is running down the street. You see him, you don't know, does he have bombs on him? Thank you. Or is he going to shoot us? And you're so surprised he didn't get shot at. Yeah. Or not cut or something like that. Him and these are just civilians walking down the street. Mm-hmm. You know, these aren't even soldiers or anything. Mm-hmm. So when he gets back, that lady scolds him about it. Like, what were you thinking? Thank you. And I'm very, did he, did he say that she was still there the next day? Yeah, he said he felt bad because he's not a, he was afraid that they were going to kill her. Yeah, if he didn't see her the following day, then, yeah. oh yeah, she's gone. So yeah, I agree. That's nuts. And then you also had the the pool when everybody was playing downstairs in the pool hall. Dude, just because he hits it so hard, the ball falls off. I think they took it like it feels kind of like telling disrespect. Him, yeah, like your attention to it. But you think this is a crazy thing. Like when you see, it's like as if you were watching a movie. Because if when you're watching movies like that and those old action hero movies, that's what happens. A guy, you know, like it's same this scenario. Playing pool, drops the pool ball, and all of a sudden, the security guard wants to overdo his job. You can't wait for someone to go in there and save him. Yeah, and be like the ass kicker or whatever, and then all of a sudden, you mess with the guy, and then the guy's like, oh, man, my bad, my bad. Wow! And then all of a sudden, now he's an action hero because he beats up those terrorist type of... And I had a feeling that the guy who would have been like going out there to take on those guys would have yeah. been too cold Scorpio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're right. That guy would have... He's hanging out, you know, he's in his room. All of a sudden, it would have been like, all his guys, all his buddies got captured. <laughs> he needs a way out. Yeah. He's like, okay, well, I just got to save all these guys now. I got him. That's all good. I'm going to high good. fly. That dude's a cool-ass high flyer. Yeah. I didn't realize his matches until I saw his highlights oh, at yeah, all. I used, to, I used to like him when I was watching WWE and he appeared. Because I didn't know he was in WCW, but yeah. when he was in WWE, he was uh, Flash Funk. He was the the big platinum, really outgoing, neon look outfit. MVP before MVP showed up. 
with oh. those outfits. He had like a silver, uh, quick silver type of outfit. Yeah. Okay, that's who that guy was. And that's you come right. out dancing to the ring and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flash Funk, you are so funky. Da, 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 I totally da, forgot about that. that. I remember seeing him during the Attitude Era, like a few matches with Lee, not Legion of Doom. He had a match with um, freaking uh, Nation of Domination. He wrestled, I Gold think, D-Lo for sure. So yeah, I think he had those matches, and then yeah, then he went away. He kind of just disappeared. I don't even know why. Yeah, was that the incident that they were talking about, Ric Flair? That he said him and him had no, an issue. There was something I think in WCW. Got you. And uh, I think something happened, and uh, he Rick, blames he bl- well he blamed because oh, now to this had, day they had a pay per view match. I think like a big match. Uh huh. And I think it went wrong, like it went sour, and Flair blames him for... all oh, the way, the direction of it, yeah. and that wasn't his fault type of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Because now you had... So now the story is that we... Uh, this is a crazy story. I'm, I'm surprised they kind of went to this story, was the fact that basically freaking Too Cold, too cold Scorpio over here almost killed Hawk. Almost killed Hawk. Yeah, he and had a problem with Ric Flair. Yeah. You know? So he had the problem with Ric Flair. Hawk is like, you know, he finds out that Flair is like looking for someone. Hawk's like, oh, I want to go, you know, I guess he wants to go sit with me. Yeah, in the bus. Right. And, dude, no, because Flair was like, he was limo riding even in Korea, I think. He had like his own car. He was separate from the group. Yeah. That's true. And yes. it's because that's the way he portrays himself. So yes. No matter where Flair is at, Flair is going to be Flair. Yeah. He's going to have the so, high dine, fly, yeah. fly, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. So now. You know, Hawk is like, oh, I guess he wants me to go with him because it's Korea. This is, like, crazy. He needs someone to, like, watch over him. Yeah. And Scorpio's like, no, you know, screw that guy. Yeah. And Hawk's like, oh, heck no. So now you got Hawk defending Ric Flair, telling, you know, you telling, uh, what's his name? Uh, not telling the dude off, but he's like, you know, he tells him, oh, uh, Flair wants me to go with him, man. Yeah. Two cold Scorpio's like, yeah, that's that guy, you know. And Hawk is all angry about it because his steroid. Yeah. He's quick to switch. He was on. He was on his steroid him. Hawk is not even like what Norton said. Is Hawk's not in the good mentality to take a fight like that? Right. So he swings at Scorpio, and you know Scorpio must know some martial arts. Oh yeah. Because so being in Japan and yeah. being like he was pretty built back then, like that. He was heavy top a lot. So yeah, yeah, let. He had the body to take a punch, but also the fact that you start noticing from other people that he was giving the freaking damage. Because he dodges it, but you know right away he says, I dodged the punch and I just start wailing on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So you know right there, if he could have kept going, he would have knocked Hawk out. He would have kicked out. Well, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. He already kicked Hawk's butt, you know. He already won the fight right there. Mm-hmm. But they separated them and Hawk went at it again and he still missed. Yep. And Scorpio had his hand on his eye and everything. Yeah. But it's like, dude... Now, you know, next day, Hawk wails at him hard. Mm-hmm. And still, like, Scorpio, like, that's the best he got. You know, you really, you're not going to be. Good. At all. Yeah. Yeah, no word competition to me. So, yes. And now Scorpio gets angry. Mm-hmm. He goes to, he's like, now we're going to eat. And he got these fancy chopsticks that are actually made out of metal. Mm-hmm. He's it's like, a heavy set ones. I agree. He's like, so I just dropped one to the floor, picked Pick it, it up. up, put it in my pocket. Drop the other ones to the floor later on as I'm eating. Yeah. Pick that one up. Put it in my pocket. There's yeah. two things that make me think. One, you have all these Korean... Looking at you. And you're dropping these things to the floor, picking them up. In my mind, I'm like, okay. Why didn't the Koreans react right Thank there? You. Exactly. 
So in my mind is like, okay, so if you were able to get away with that mm-hmm. without these guys putting guns on you, like why are you hiding these on Yeah, you? exactly. Then how much of that story is true? Mm-hmm. Because you know damn well you're in a place where they're about to kill you no matter what you do. Regardless of what you do. Yes. So you had to really be sneaky as hell, like wait for them to like turn and look at something for you put those Exactly. So you really had to kinda like Type of thing like that, type of standard, like trying to make a big old scene. Yeah. So now it's like, okay, now I'm, you know, I'm with Hawk. Mm-hmm. I'm at the elevator, and now I'm about to say, I'm like, no, I don't think you had the chopsticks with you. Mm-hmm. You knew right there something could have gone wrong. Mm-hmm. One, you had guards watching you at all costs. Mm-hmm. Any type of movement you do, you knew that they took Norton to mm-hmm. that room yep. at gunpoint. Yep. So it's like, any movement you do, they're watching. They're watching. Plain and simple. So yeah. even if you two fight each other, they think it might be a, uh, like, they might take it wrong and think these guys are not fighting just to, like, fight each other. They're yep. trying to catch our attention so the other guys could do something. Exactly. So I think, in reality, he wasn't trying to fight Hawk at that I, point. I don't, I don't think yeah. he... It was a weird story about it, but it's weird how they, what I want to say was, too, is it's weird how he evolves Two Cold Scorpio involved Chris Benoit because I guess at that point... There were the, there were the roommates, yeah. And he was it wasn't for Chris Benoit telling Scorpio not to do it. I don't think you would have had him. You, that would have been a scenario like he would have supposedly said he wouldn't kill Hulk. So it wasn't for Chris Benoit, the guy that killed supposedly his family, and all of a sudden now he's defending. It, years before that, he's defending someone from not killing somebody. So it's like hmm, very intriguing, very <laughs> intriguing there. But I agree with you on the storyline. It's very hmm, questionable. Catchy. Very questionable. Agree again. It's very questionable. I agree with you there, because it's like a lot of the stories. Like okay, you're telling this instance, like you said, like the person is doing this, but yet you're to also on the other end telling us that the Koreans are literally watching you every two seconds. So then, how are you able to do this and this and this while they're not watching you? And then the first question I have, and the big question is, mm-hmm. if the first guy dropped a ball off a pool table and the mm-hmm. Koreans reacted with guns on them and everything. Mm-hmm. How is it you just dropping your chopstick on the floor mm-hmm. and not going to get a reaction? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds like, dude, that, that's... It sounds funny already. Off the bat. Mm-hmm. No, we had to talk about too with the whole Norton thing listening on the phone. When he's calling his wife and in the middle of this conversation he gets clicked and hung up on. And then all of a sudden he had the Koreans coming in, right? What funny thing I wanted to say was like now, what if that conversation turned to a sideways and Norton would have said, what you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, baby. Uh, you know, Big Daddy Norton over here want to know what, uh, what type of pants you got on right now. What kind of... Like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, and then that, yeah, exactly. I don't think that would cut... Would they have cut it off then or they would have left the conversation going off and recorded him? And, and then back then, leak the freaking audio on the whole media talking about like Norton's nasty he's over here just discussing the way he, I'll put it in my butt and all that type of stuff whatever like dude what the hell Norton are you doing man makes so, me wonder because you know if, if they're listening to conversation mm-hmm. and they had to have listened to everyone else's conversation that is too, true how many times could you have heard someone miss talk about North Korea I think it wasn't the other guys mm-hmm. the reason why they went after Norton is because Norton was the bigger dude in the room and he looked like a brute American yes. let's put it that way he looks like a straight up when you see him when you saw him back then like that he was he was a big heavy set guy 
Kyle, he look at least 330, 330 pounds worth of just upper body muscle, thick ass freaking calves. He was like built like an ox. And this so, guy was walking around with American, like he had American bandana back then. He had outfits back then where they had the American t-shirt that was cut up or whatever, tank top. So it's like the Koreans itself, the North Koreans were looking at him as like a, uh, like one of those guys where they got to make a, a um, example. example. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like we're going to put this American where he needs to be at type of thing like that. Before, like, you know, before anything. Any of these other ones, any of these other Americans come in and they're trying to make it look like, like a big guy. Because they look at them like they're the skinny, you know. Yeah. The skinny, scrawny guys. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we're going to make an example out of him. Right. To make sure nobody else crosses the line because he just scared the big dude. Yeah, exactly. And the big dude, you know, he said to himself, if you look at his face, like, after, at first he's like, oh, I was going to punch them and blah, blah, blah. But later on, he's like, I don't even know what's happening over here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was tripping out. I just wanted to go home. Yeah. I don't know what the hell y'all doing. So, yeah, it makes it very questionable on what's happening with that. So, I agree with you there. And then I want to discuss about the whole Sonny Ono crap. I totally forgot Sonny Ono. In the wrestling industry, I didn't. When they brought him on it, I was totally surprised. I'm like, wait a minute, I know that guy. And then when you saw him being managed, he was managing Ultimo Ultimo um, Dragon. I was like, oh my god, that's him! Oh, I totally forgot about that guy. I'm very shocked that they didn't kill him off over there just because he was. Cause he, well, uh, probably because he was hanging around with Inoki. Well, Remember that airbag? Oh, that's true. He was a manager for Noki for a little bit yeah, too. I as think well. they were like everyone separated into two cars. Yeah. So Animal was in the car with Flair. Mm-hmm. Too close. No, Hulk. You mean Hulk? With Hulk, yeah. Flair was with Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. Inoki got uh, what's his name? Sonny Ono. Sonny Ono. Um, Muhammad Ali had his own car. Yeah, he was separate from the whole group. Because, you know, it's Ali. Everybody knows Ali. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the fact that they put him out there made it seem like he was doing a rocky thing. Like, he was beautiful, man. He was up there. He was, you know, showboating, sh- uh, shadow boxing and everything. This was so awesome. Bro. Whatever. Like, bitch, no, you weren't. You was down, the, you were down the bottom watching him as he was up there doing the shadow boxing. I don't think they were up there with him. No. I don't, I don't at all. I don't think anyone would have walked up there with <laughs> Thank Ali. you. Ali's the only guy with a gun up. Had the balls to run up there and everybody would be like, it's like, Ollie took his jacket off. I bet you all the guys that had guns were like, oh, no, we don't want nothing with that one. And even then, everybody's like, no, nah, I'm not following that guy. Mm-mm, no, no let, 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 let Ali do all that good stuff. Let him go out there. And he shadow boxed in front of Koreans. Dude. Yeah. That's how you know. Ali is the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> That's shadow boxing in front of people with guns in front of you. Yeah. You know, you gotta have a lot of cojones, you know? Agreed. Go Agreed. out there and be like, oh, y'all wanna, you know, y'all don't see You don't wanna, you, you don't wanna. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> all these stuff like that. I'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, you don't want none of this shit. You want so none of all this. This guy wasn't What's saying it was glorious to watch him do that. No, yeah. this guy was like, shit. I, I wish <laughs> I was only at this moment. Thanks. Yes. Yes. It was jealousy. That's what they were talking about. But all in all, I think, uh, throughout that story, it's a great story. Did not know it happened. Ninety five, you guys. It was, it was a very. It was at the time frame, actually at the peak, right before where everything was almost at a war, a World War Three standard type of thing, like how it is recently. Mm-hmm. Again, between the between the countries, everyone was kind of like at that moment trying to be on their own and be separate. But any bad word against this country or that country, it would set things off to another level. And we saw that with a uh, dude phoning his wife and saying, you know, I'm in Korea. Like, she didn't even know who where he was. Hey, at all. She had no idea. He went MIA. All she thought he was doing was partying. And he was like, you know, they didn't, they didn't let me call you at all until now. Mm-hmm. So, 
I mean, what have you been saying about these guys that turn, you know, they show up at his door, Two seconds later. guns ready. Exactly. And who else could have guns on them before this guy? And it's so. crazy how they never said guns. They never said, oh, here, we're pointing a gun at me. They just said they just came in, belligerent, and all that type and of stuff, whatever. Well, they got guns on you. you if you ever watched think. a movie and you ever saw these type of countries that did stuff like that, you had a gun pointed right at you. So there had to have been guns because all over the place. His attitude proves it that he had to have had something on him, you know, like. Why else would you be so scared? Because he's like, what the heck's going on here? Yeah. Like, I, I can't even figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for sure, he had guns on him for yep. him to be tripping. <laughs> he was. Tripping balls. Yes. I won't lie. I had gun on me. Trust yeah. me. It happened. Alex was there. <laughs> we oh. had tons of guns on us. And we... <laughs> I was tripping at them. Whose pants, whose pants was almost falling down? Jesse. <laughs> but, dude, I was tripping at first, you know. I was tripping. Of course, relatives were with me at that yeah. moment. I was tripping. But the thing that made it funny is that, you know, people who have been in that situation before, they were all like, cool, like, oh, yeah, you know, we, we've been this, we've been in this position before. Right, exactly. And they were, like, talking to the guys with the guns and everything. They're like, oh, hey, how's it going? Oh, yeah. you know, all good. It's all different right. Different place, different yeah. time. Well, nah. Same shit. Yeah, same shit like the same day. Yeah, and now I'm over here just trying my best not to laugh at what's going on all around <laughs> me. So I went from, oh shit, I'm going to die and go to jail <laughs> and this and that, to, oh wow, this is funny as hell. <laughs> <laughs> See, so, that's yeah. a good scenario. That's a good scenario. So yeah, you kind of have to be on some on some on another level if you're going to be sitting there with guns pointing at you and thinking that, oh, what the hell is going on type of standard. Oh, and if my boss heard this one, um, so about me having guns pointed at me, that was a long time ago. Yeah, it was, I'm 33, going on 33 years old now. This happened when I was 13, yeah. Yeah. at least around there, 12, 13. Since I was like 21, I think the youngest in that group was G-Money. Yeah, years ago. Oh. But even then, it wasn't that bad. I don't think G-Money was supposed to be mentioned. <laughs> uh, the youngest in that group was some random guy there. Yeah. <laughs> some random dude. But I mean, it's, dude. It, it's a it's a, it's one of the rejects' craziest story that's ever been told and will ever forever be uh never be topped. Let's put it no. that way. I don't think it'll be topped. No, but yeah. unless somebody gets yeah, no. on his own. We'll don't think so. But uh otherwise the story, I mean that's pretty much all about the Korea thing, to be honest. No, I mean yeah. It's yeah. crazy thing, crazy aspect, and I'm actually very fond of this uh, collision collision in Korea because that's one of the ones that you're right will never be talked about mentioned within in- industries when it talks about uh, the numbers when it comes to attendance because yes these attendees were forced to be there they're told you got to be there or else type of thing like that compared to oh we're holding an event in. Eight, uh, the AT&T Stadium in Texas and then uh, what's it called Dallas, Texas or the freaking you gotta go New York you got to go pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars exactly like, these guys were at gunpoint like you're gonna go this, if you don't go yeah bang. you're dead you're out yeah. your ticket is your life so yeah you're going like that's and crazy so like these guys are now putting on a show for people who like didn't even want to be there yep and then at the end you know those people get a heck of a show because of Inoki Inoki and Ric Flair and yeah. Ric Flair so, yeah, agreed. So, it's like, you know, in one way or another, it's a win situation, I believe. True. I thought so. And I think that what I'm glad about this story because it actually gives good light about it. Yes, it's a crazy scenario, 
But come on, man. Like, what other wrestlers can sit there and say they're involved in a storyline like that? Mm. And it's awesome. That's actually pretty good. That's good history right there. Good history lesson, I think, yeah. in my mind. All right, guys. Well, that's pretty much ends our Dark Side of the Ring rundown for this thus this moment because we are going to be talking about the Ultimate Warrior 1 very soon. That's the next episode, the fifth installment now. So it's fourth, number four episodes. Yeah, I think so. Brian wanted to Ultimate, no, the Nick Ultra, Cage. and then Collision. So this is actually number five. So Ultimate Warrior is number five episode. Um, but again, like we said, we're going to discuss that with the A and E one. So we're going to bring both of those into one and discuss that later yeah. on. But otherwise, this was a fun, this was pretty dope. Yeah, I All right. enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Director RJ. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts on your end, buddy? Okay, if you like that match, go for it. <laughs> yeah, we got we got to say that one more time before we leave the show. <laughs> you know, just not like just saying it just because we're not really. We're not saying, oh, it's bad, keep away. No. Right. Do what you like. Exactly. Don't like us, you know. We talk about all the things we like. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Dark Side of the Ring because we're wrestling fans. And we, we've been watching wrestling for way back since we were a kid. Mm-hmm. So we, we we find these stories very intriguing. Exactly. I actually said a big word. How you like that, huh? And it's good. I mean, come on. Yeah. This show is about an hour, an hour, 30, one hour, 40 minutes in of us chit-chatting about this. So yeah. it's like... It's good stories. It's good stories. That's what I like about it. Yeah, and that's why, you know, uh, <clears throat> one thing for sure, anyone who wants to watch Dark Side of the Ring, I would suggest watch from season one. Yep. Because season one is crazy as hell. Heck yeah. Season two becomes crazier, especially in New Jack's story. And involving and the Chris Benoit. First yeah. two, the first one that jumped it off was the Chris Benoit, which I'm happy. And it was a smart move that they did a part one, part two like that. They kind of oh, set you off. Eddie yes. Guerrero one. Mm-hmm. So definitely watch those. Correct. And then go to season three. Like, build yourself up because each episode's worth the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can find these on Vice, V-I-S-C-E. Yes, uh, Vice TV. Or even Hulu. If you have Hulu Live TV, you'll be able to watch it on there. They have all season one through three and upcoming episodes too as well. Oh, damn. I had to, like, look for it everywhere. I, I watched it on YouTube. You couldn't ask me. That's why I've been watching it, period. I've been watching it on Hulu, live TV, man. I told you that. You know what I haven't recorded. Yeah, but you know me. One thing goes out one year, and then... That is very true. Other, we have and... about five or six discussions about the same topic <laughs> but within the same week, man. But yeah, yes. I asked the same question to the same person, like, five <laughs> times a day mm-hmm. without them getting angry because they finally <laughs> understand it's me. Yeah. Like, you, I told you that already. I'd be like, oh, yeah, you did, huh? <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, all right, cool then. <laughs> all right, thank you. But other than that, Rejects, yeah. it's been a pleasure as always to talk to y'all. Yes. Uh, Glad to be back. listening to us. Now, I'm going to let Tony Kidd close out the show and oh. tell you where you can find us. Oh, very good. Well, thank you, young man. But, yes, thank you for joining us again. It's been an awesome show. I'm well, I'm glad to be back on the freaking podcast because this has been missing in my life right now. And I'm, I'm happy to talk about stuff. So, truly appreciate you guys for joining us. Remember, look us up on rejectrundown.com. You have our website on there. Also, you see us Reject Rundown on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Oh, uh, where else are we going now? YouTube. TikTok. TikTok. Everything right now. When you Google us, Twitch. you'll find everything there, guys. Everything will be there when you Google us. Just Google us. That's all I got to say. Use the Google machine, and you'll be able to find the Reject Rundown. But again, thank you for joining us for sure. Um, totally appreciate it. We got a lot of shows coming up. Me and Director RJ are building up some bomb-ass shows. I'll tell you that right now. And don't forget, this show has been brought to you by 
RWA Productions. That is right, y'all. So y'all take it easy, be safe, and we'll see y'all later.